Come on. Hey guys, welcome back to the iCast. This is Chris, and I'm with my co-host as always, Ike. And on this special episode, we're going to be focusing entirely on our happy place because we did an extra long war room on the last one. Yeah, hi guys. So those of you who are like, Ugh, we don't want to deal with politics and stuff like that, we apologize for going so long. Um, but uh, you know what? We're back with uh, hopefully the happy place that you're joining us with. And with an extra long war room, it's very going to be very similar. We're going to do an extra long happy place. And part of that is going to be doing a deep dive into the Marvel Cinematic Universe this time around. Um, this is sort of something that's always been in the back burner for us. It's like, you know, because it's such a huge thing. And how do we address it? How do we go right. through all of it? And now we sort of have like this good, big uh, um, time slot for us to really go deep into figuring out. And, and, and into the entire, like, sort of Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and the stuff around it. Because, and as many people know, um, as of this Friday, uh, WandaVision came out. Yep. Uh, which, uh, which is, what I think, like, really the first of the Marvel television shows on Disney+. Plus. Um, that's really part right. of the, the, the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. Unlike Not into taking into account the Netflix stuff. With uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, so yeah, that's that and was exactly Iron that. Fist and right, like uh, Luke Cage. I mean, not taking those guys into account. Yeah, specifically when we uh, that Marvel deal. Unfortunately, from what I understand, that entire Marvel deal was uh, with Netflix was based off of essentially Marvel TV's head, while Marvel Films had, uh, you know, um, uh, Feige. I think Paul Feige or Kevin Feige. Yeah, um, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin Feige um, is like he was head of Marvel um, movie, uh, film at the time, right? And right. Uh, Marvel TV made a deal. And for the most part, while I like some of those shows, they're very tangentially connected to right. the larger storyline or even the events of the films. Um, right. But now with you know Kevin Feige at the top of all things Marvel, um, he's sort of running the, the whole show when it comes to Marvel TV. And Disney Plus is really going to be a focus for Disney in general for their Marvel and Star Wars branding. Um, everything Star Wars, everything Marvel, Disney Plus is going to be the sort of forefront for it all. And part of that is that we're going to get some really good, you know, high-quality event-style TV. Um, you know, things like The Mandalorian, which um, which are short episodes. You know, 30-minute episodes are quite short for, for that. But we're getting high-quality incredibly right. you know you know high you know high concept high budget really interesting stuff um, well chris we saw you know through just mandalorian right um 30 minute you can pack a lot in as long as it's high quality uh, good content there's a lot that can can be compressed into that time frame yeah and so while normally with a new show like uh wandavision coming out we talk about that i actually want to hold off and the reason I want to hold off is twofold. One, I know you haven't seen the first two episodes yet. No, I have and not. You are correct. Yeah, two. I did watch the first two episodes, and I don't want to talk about this show because I want to fin I want to see it all before I give my judgment. Because if I have to give my judgment right now, Yeah. I don't like it. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Yeah. So you're going to reserve it. Um, one of the ones that I'm looking forward to is uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, and Loki's. I think Loki's is going to be really good. Uh, but yeah, let's let's summarize um, where we are. So there's two ways we can look at it, right? Um, 
Marvel Universe leading up to current, um, we can look at it as the release dates of the movies themselves, or which I think is more appropriate is looking at the chronological order of Marvel movies based on the chronology of their own time. Of them. Yeah, the, of the timeline. Yeah. What do you think? The, the chronology of the timeline only gets a little messed up because there's so much stuff that's going to be like prequel stuff and like sequel stuff and integral stuff that's going to be popping up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like, I think that when we go about it in terms of order, uh, it's really the way it's meant to be watched. Like, I would never recommend someone watch, you know, say Captain America first. Right? Right. I would tell them, it's like, you'd have to, you'd, you'd have to watch it in the way that they release because that's sort of the best and most succinct way to examine the story. And then on top of that, I'd be like, you know, I, I would give my recommendation on, honestly, you can skip this one because... Right. The, well, the, I think there's a couple of Iron Man ones that we can definitely skip. Yeah, as much as I love the character and, and, and think that, you know, you know, Robert Downey Jr. really killed it, the problem is is that the, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not just about character stuff, it's about the overarching plot, right? That's the right. reason why it's so it, it's it's one of the most you know ambitious things ever done uh you know um ben affleck uh very recently uh said that pretty much that kevin feige is the best producer um hollywood has ever had right because he's done mm-hmm. something impossible he's done 10 years 22 films one arcing story right right this this one arcing story over 10 years and 22 films right there's like 25 bond films over 60 years Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and and it's and it's incredibly intricate storytelling. It's storytelling that unfortunately has its hu- one huge drawback, which uh, is now very apparent. Um, and we'll, we'll get on to that. But okay. Yeah. Let's let's not do it chronologically. Let's do it as released because I feel okay. that's the best way to um, if people are going to start the, the the Marvel universe, mainly because you know there's people who don't want to get into it because of how how much you have to watch right right 22 movies is a lot right and then it's yeah like, it oh, is gotta, it's like it, it is a lot to get through you know it's 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 it, it is it's it's a feat in and of itself and we had 10 years to do it and some people are going to try to catch up in weeks you know yep um so i mean in in the very baseline uh like there's a lot of stuff that i would say all right this is the stuff that we'd focus on and this is what I would say as integral to the, the, the plot forward. The only issue with that is that who knows what Marvel might do and something small and dumb in a movie that we told that we were like, yeah, this movie is not really necessary. All of a sudden it becomes central to the plot because of, you know, whatever. Uh, because I would argue skip Iron Man 3, right? Right. But now they're mo- making a movie called Shang-Chi uh, and the Ten Rings where the main villain is the Mandarin. It's like holy crap, now do we have to recommend Iron Man 3 because Mandarin's technically mentioned in that and in that? Right. Um, there's, yeah, there's, um, like, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to really have to think about it and go from the beginning and then also, while we're there and, you know, these movies are incredibly old and all that, give our reviews. Um, I don't care how you do it. You can make it out of stars. You can do it out of 10. You could do thumbs up. You could, uh, my personal favorite is I give it five, you know, Iron Man suits out of you know, out of something, you know, I just right. make up a yeah. rating that doesn't make any sense. Okay. You know? um, 
you know, it's, it's like... Uh, well, if we're going to choose, I'd prefer, you know, Captain America shield. Yeah, how many shields? <laughs> yeah. All right, this is, uh, this is five shields out of... I'm not telling you how many. <laughs> so... <laughs> Okay. Um, so you won't know. That doesn't make sense. Then exactly. there's no rating, okay? Exactly. We've got to start it. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know what? Really good is five shields. Really poor is one shield. I agree. One to five. All right. And, uh, okay. We'll I'll allow halves. <laughs> um, All right. I'll allow you those. those. Yeah, I'll allow you the point fives. Players. Exactly. For those <laughs> Um so yeah, the let's let's start with the baseline, of course. You know, the 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 baseline of, of it all, uh, right. which is we have. Um, how best to put this? We have like this very intricate and long story that began in two thousand and eight, and while two thousand and eight was going on, uh, you know, the Dark Knight came out. You know, uh, right. a piece of cinema that has forever changed. You know, that forever changed. You know, um, in general. Uh, superhero films it had to make them more grounded for a mm-hmm. long time and the marvel universe suffered from that initially and uh, i'll and we'll explain it but so dark knight comes out and then that same year iron man starts first of its kind right. um a marvel d-lister character as you know if, if you remember iron man was like marvel d-list he was pretty low yeah so i would say out of um all of them captain america is probably for me having the strongest but yeah the other ones had and the hulk the other ones have always been like d-list they were part of that <laughs> you know they were almost on the side right yeah um it wasn't your spider-man and that was one of their their best spider-man um, that's literally yeah. marvel's like bread and butter that's their most you know popular franchises and they sold right. those off right they didn't have access to spider-man or the x-men for their uh, work, right? So the man, um, which I—I I mean, I think that it—you know what? It was a good start. It was a strong start. I mean, if they had failed with showing a strong um, opening with um, the first Iron Man movie, I don't know if we would be here. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and but it's not to say they haven't stumbled. Um, I'm 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 very critical of the Marvel films mainly because uh, um, like well there's really good ones there's also ones that I that are oh yeah absolutely but Chris if they had the really if they stumbled out right out of the gate yeah. it would be well, like it would be a non-starter yeah to be very fair to to start it off I have no issues with Iron Man one Iron Man one is as it's it's like the premier like league of what you know of of like what Marvel you know, was, was attempting to do, right? Like, they started off, they did li- their little hints, and they're like, this is the hint, we're going to hint to a larger universe. And so, with Iron Man 1, I think pretty much a lot of people know, but the, the, the baseline is, is that, you know, arms manufacturer and CEO of large tech um, conglomerate, uh, Stark Industries, um, Tony Stark, right? He is mm-hmm. uh, taken hostage by terrorists. Um, this is 2008, so Iraq War is still going on. And, um, Afghanistan. Yeah, sorry, Af- Afghanistan. And uh, he has, um, and part of when during uh, the during the attempt to, to, to grab him, he has uh, metal barbs inside of his body, inside of his heart, which would kill him if it wasn't for uh, a piece of technology, a little battery inside of his chest, which then he upgrades to make it like a, a powerful sort of like little like power source that he holds in his chest to keep himself uh, constantly alive. Otherwise, the barbs would uh, you know kill him. 
right? Right. Um, there he, you know, learns how to survive, uses his tech genius, builds himself uh, a suit, and then eventually just keeps on building up and building up to the point where he's got, like, you know, all this kick-ass technology, and he's, you know, a pseudo-superhero. Uh, the main villain of it, you know, uh, and there's going to be tons of spoilers. Sorry, guys, 10 years old. But, um, you know, the you know the, the whole uh, po- you know point of the thing is really just, you know, setting up this universe and getting Tony Stark in a position where he was very much a selfish person and then getting him out of that into more of a selfless thing, trying to get him into the hero role, right? A great right. origin story. In terms of origin stories, the best you can get. Yeah, I agree. And we, you know, we end off with him, him letting everybody know he is Iron Man. Yeah, and so apropos for the character because he's not about yeah. hiding his identity. He's like, yeah, no, I'm Iron Man. Um, and here's the thing, though. It's unintended consequences of that event. After yeah. that... Do you notice that secret identities in general have have gone away? Yeah. Like the whole secret identity thing, which is foundational to almost every superhero thing, is gone. Spider-Man, who has one of the most important, you know, secret identities. His whole thing is he is so central on a secret identity. We had right. three Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire that focused on that very, very, very basic, you know, aspect of his character. Spider-Man's secret identity is a joke at this point. They gave it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like, and and I think it's a direct consequence of the fact that Iron Man showed that, yeah, just do secret identities. People are not going to care, um, you know, that other people know them and, and all that sort of stuff, right? Right. Um, and I don't know if that's good or bad. I've always been a fan of the secret identity only because I feel it tells you more about the character, right? Mm-hmm. And for Tony Stark, it works. For Tony Stark, he mm-hmm. is Iron Man through and right. through on both sides. Like, you know, Iron Man and right. Neymar are the same. Um, you know, but on the other side of it, there are other characters, you know, who are not that way. Um, this is a main theme in DC, as opposed to, say, Marvel, where in Marvel, people put on costumes to hide who they are. Right? In DC, they put on costumes to show who they, you know, to, to, to reveal themselves. Right? Uh, Batman, when he puts when he's Batman, that's who he is. Bruce Wayne is a mask, you know. You know, Clark Kent right. is a mask. Diana Prince is a mask. The secret identity is not who they are. The secret identity is a lie. Right. right? It's, it's, that's that's really interesting. Um, we, um, thank you for explaining that because when you for, when you just sat in, I was just like, um, isn't it reverse? But you're right, absolutely. Their secret identities are their masks. They're not who they are. Yeah, which is opposite of what. Marvel, Marvel yeah, is Marvel. It's like you put, in Marvel, you put on a costume to hide, you know, the fact that who Peter you Parker, really are. Yeah, it's like in the end, Spider-Man is Peter Parker, but right. in, but inside of the DC side of things, it's 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 quite the opposite. It's like right. Clark Kent, Diana Prince, Bruce Wayne. These are the disguises. They are not at all who these people really are. They're right. hiding themselves. Arrow, Black Canary, all yeah. of them. Yeah, all of them. Right. It's like the DC uh, universe in yeah. general works out the idea that Aquaman. Yeah. yeah. That because Arthur Curry, Aquaman, you know the the Prince of Atlantis. That's who he truly is. He's not Arthur Curry, right? Right. You know right. he's not like, yeah. and that's and same thing with Diana Prince and the rest. They, they they hide themselves in in the mask of humanity, as opposed to, um, you know Marvel, which hides themselves in the mask of of their costumes. But that's right. All Invisibility or super guns or exactly. demigods. Yeah, and that's all been thrown to the side because of mm-hmm. the big reveal at the end of Iron Man, which is, I am Iron Man. 
Right. Um, and that has its benefits and its negatives. And its benefits, I think, it's, it, for the story-wise, it makes it very, very simple for audiences. You know, like there's no drama in terms of, oh, what if I get, uh, you know, thing out? We can make it focus entirely on, you know, the, the, the main plot and, and all that sort of stuff, right? We don't need to worry about this duality of the person. We can just focus that, yeah, this is who they are. Right. right? We don't need to create two characters. We, we just yeah. need one. Um, right. And, and, you know, uh, that loses nuance, but it gains uh, ease of access. And that's part of, I think, the reason why the Marvel films are so successful. They are so easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that was Iron Man 1. And um, to throw it into, like, the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. rating, right? Iron Man 1, the start of it all, everything, it is nearly perfect. Um, it is a four and a half shields out of five. Right. Right. It's, uh, you know, there's small little nitpicky stuff and, you know, general, you know, like early, you know, Marvel issues that they have to deal with. But it sets the stage. And you're right. If they failed here, it would have failed forever. Right. Like they they needed something that was not divisive as much as like you and I love Man of Steel. There are people mm-hmm. that we know who do not enjoy it because of the, yeah. the content and how. And, and, and things along. Well, the choices that he made, because yeah. they're like, that's not Superman. I'm like, yeah, but there had to be something that would have, yeah. like, there's a line that you do not cross, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I, overall, I think the consensus was it was a good movie right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, following that was The Incredible Hulk. And I know there's some controversy with that. I liked that one. Um, I really enjoyed Edward Norton. And I'll be honest, you know, when when we found out that Edward Norton was going to be replaced by Mark Ruffalo, I was, like, pretty pissed, right? Because I thought he had done a really good job. But kudos, Mark Ruffalo uh, absolutely came in and was able to nail it. I don't see Edward Norton doing portraying in the incredible hulk the way mark ruffalo has absolutely not and so definitely kudos for him but i thought that the Incre- incredible hulk was a good movie oh yeah no the incredible hulk with mark uh, because it was sort of like the second you know attempt at it we had the you know 2003 right. hulk with angley which was highly surreal with, it was right. it, you know like it, it changed a lot of the nature of it all and it wasn't that good you know, Eric Bana's portrayal and, and like the nature of it all, it was it, 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 it tried to be more cerebral than it was for a Jekyll and Hyde story. Let's be very real. The yeah. Jekyll Hulk is just a Jekyll and Hyde story. Um, you know. Foundationally, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's you know, um and yeah, but I do enjoy Edward Norton's portrayal. I do enjoy, you know, the you know, the, the aspects of it. What I d- don't like is the aftermath. You know, with mm-hmm. Edward Norton sort of getting out of it, um, what happens is is that all the events of that movie go away, right? right. You know, which was and you know we have a, a small little cameo by you know Robert Downey Jr. at the end of the film, which is meaningless because it right it doesn't play into anything ever. And for the most part, all those characters who showed up inside of that um, in that movie never returned except for one. Right. Right, which would right. be one of the antagonists of the film, uh, General Thunderbolt Ross, right? Right, right. Uh, you know, and he will. He, he was up, in Civil War. Yeah, he shows up for the first time since you know the thing in Civil War years later. Right. Um, you know, um, and it was it was one of those strange moments where um, you like there, there was stuff here. They they set up other characters. They set up villains. They had you know Emil Blomsky. They they had a whole bunch of stuff, 
mm-hmm. never ever comes to fruition because they ditched Edward Norton and they ditched that plot line. Right. Uh, and what I'm wonders from what I understand, it's just like you know, um, it's um, uh, it was like behind the scenes stuff. You know, Edward Norton in general is a hard person to work with, from what I understand. Uh, but he always tends to put out like you know his A game. Yeah. Um, you know, unless you're Wes Anderson, I don't think anyone else can work with Edward Norton. Him and Bill Murray apparently are very hard to work with, but you know, only Wes Anderson knows how to do it. Um, but yeah, the as much as I like this movie, because of how much it doesn't actually play into any of the story, because of how much like Mark Ruffalo has to reinvent the character for himself, um, uh, this is this is a skip in in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you are a completionist and want to watch everything, uh, the rating. Right for me, this is uh, I would give this about a three and a half, um, mainly because of just how much it doesn't, you know, play into the rest of the universe. But in mm-hmm. itself, it is a good movie. Okay, so let's take that out. I really enjoyed this movie. Right, I'm taking it out of like the the con- continuity um, because again, um, they went into a different direction with with this character. Overall, I thought the movie was good, and I would probably give it a four. Right. But yeah, I can I agree with you that if you're going to look at it from the um, the movies that are released and their the timelines, um, the continuity in terms of release dates, uh, it probably is a three point five just because it does not tie in with um, the the rest of the movies. Yeah. Sufficiently. And that leads us to. Yeah, that leads us to. Yeah, I don't like you know, giving things different ratings because, like, in context of other movies, like, you should really try to judge films on their own. But part yeah, of but, it, Chris, yeah. you can't really, with this one, is because they're building a universe on top of each other, exactly. right? Exactly. Part of like, I mean, what makes this movie so, or the series so good, is that they're about, it's, it's about, you know, a larger narrative. You know, right. It rewards you for the larger narrative. Like, um, you know, and just, I, I want to sort of, like, you know, speed this along, um, move this forward. Like for me, Iron Man two and Iron Man three, they weren't great movies. I didn't enjoy them. Yeah. Right. I thought they, I, I, except for I think you know the. I think except for you know, um, Tony Stark and built, and I think that's in um, Iron Man three. And I know I've skipped up a, a couple of them, which we'll go back to. But except for, you know, the the end of Iron Man 3, I really don't see how, you know, they weren't strong movies for me. Yeah. Right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, so yeah, um, I think we've sort of ad hoc created the system, but here's the the basic idea, right? Is it a watch? Is it a skip? And our rating. And so for Iron Man, it's a watch, and it was a four and a half uh, shields for me. Um, For... um, uh, Incredible Hulk. It was skip three and a half shields for me. Yep. Um, uh, and you gave your ratings as well. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, moving on to the the next sort of stuff, and uh, we can sort of run through these because yeah, kind of Iron Man two I think was a skip for me. Iron Man two is entirely a skip. Um, I don't see anything. I don't see any reason to watch that film. I um, don't either. And I'll be I like to I me. It's almost like a blank. The only thing I see is Mickey Rourke with his you know. Um, Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, a lot of it was just ridiculous. Um, and I don't know if that's a mix of, like, you know, um, like the, the, the sort of, like, 
everything around it the fact that you know the the point like jean favreau who's like you know who really just kicked off the universe with iron man right and then now is fixing star wars um right he left after iron man 2 because of the amount of studio interference right the amount of right. like it like just focus and make the like folk they really just want to like hey you know we're, we're and you see this a lot in phase two it's yeah. higher directors where you know it's like we need you to to tease this we need you to build up this we need to you know it's like don't worry about your story we need something for for the larger thing and marvel for the most part has been very good at balancing you know the the i would call it the main plot with the b side and the b side mm-hmm. being you know the overarching narrative and the a plot being the specific narrative of that movie yeah mostly good with that iron man 2 fails on all accounts uh, yeah it, it it focuses too much on the b side it's a side suffers for it significantly um yeah it, it's a total skip um and yeah. it's like one star uh, sorry one uh, one shield one shield yeah okay and um, that um following that thor. was thor yeah thor this movie is three i'm going to come out right out of the bat it's three shields for me it's okay um, yep. There's not, but really... it's a good introduction to the yeah. character. Yeah, it's a good introduction to the character, but they do a lot of really stupid stuff because they get trapped by the nature of the world around them, and mm-hmm. the sort of zeitgeist involving you know superheroes at the time, which was you know trying to hit into realism. And so right. Thor, a god, is they, they they play it up like he's not magical, <laughs> right? right? They do right. that whole thing. Right. Oh, magic is just not some technology you don't understand. Right, and they do it for a while up until the moment they're like, "Yeah, screw it, magic's in DC now." Uh, sorry, it's in yeah. Marvel now. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so because of that, I feel it suffers for the character. This is a god. This is not some random person. Right. This is not some you know technologically advanced being. It's a god. <laughs> right. 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 And you know they they live in like you know you know Viking heaven. Right. So it's 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 best. It's just weird. But um, yeah. But nevertheless. You know, it's a good introduction to the character. It gets you a good baseline to all the stuff around him and um, really gets us deep into um, sort of like the other side of the universe. Try to like dip our tone to Marvel Cosmic. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just generally. Which is part of the larger narrative. Yeah. And Chris Hemsworth is a, has, 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 is a highlight. Um, you know, um, uh, a lot of it was and it's, it was a lot of it was pretty good. Um, it is very much a fish out of water story and a lot of the movie sort of like, you know, like you could tell like when they hired Kenneth Branagh to do it, they were looking for something, someone to elevate the material. Right? Yeah. And Kenneth Branagh, you know, you know, Mr. Shakespeare himself, uh, if anyone could do it, it would be him. Right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, he, he, he did it for this movie. I don't know. Like he sort of like sort of walked away from Marvel from uh, after that and then we'll get into that later with uh the the sequels but uh yeah thor is a watch because it's foundational to the character and Mm -hmm. um and it's a it's an okay movie it's pretty good uh but it's um you know it 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 suffers from sort of continuity problems that will arrive uh, arise later Um, right um and the the small nitpicky stuff but you know in, in general the movie's just okay and then but it introduces you to a really good character what about you what's your rating for this um, I would agree with you. I think I would concur with you that it's um, three shields. Um, it, it's a good introduction to the character, um, right? Uh, and it, it just helps to build the, the bigger universe, which is what's needed. And, and that's the thing with the Marvel movies was that it 
it took its time in building and introducing you to characters that then tied into the overall um, end game. Uh, you know, no pun intended. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There. <laughs> right. Uh, um, all right. So yeah, but yeah, um, Thor. Yeah, watch it, and it's uh, it's it's okay. It's it it really it's a really introduction to the character, and uh, yeah, for the most part, it's, it's pretty good. Um, after that, Captain America, and I'm gonna say I love this movie, Chris. I'm only giving it a four point five because I need at least a point five for some of the the, late, the really later stuff. Yeah. Um, I to me it was a great introduction to Captain America. Um, I like the storyline. Um, even what I thought was a weakness ended up being a strength uh, because it tied into a larger, larger narrative um, at the end of it. So I, you know, it was the the Red Skull. To me, I didn't think he was a strong villain, mm. right? But knowing where he ended up, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. Um, you know where where he went. But for me, that was the. That was the, it was, to me, the Captain America movie paralleled the Wonder Woman movie, the first one, uh, right? Yeah, like yeah. that, to me, that's, that's, how, and I thought that one was a really strong movie. Um, so for me, the Captain America um, was, it, it was good. Um, the first Avenger, it was spot on. They needed to, they nailed it. So you did four and a half. Um, I do four. Uh, oh, okay. Um, because I, uh, I mean, that point five is because yeah. I just adore Chris Evans. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And no, he kills it. He's, he's definitely yeah. my favorite thing. It's like, here's the thing. People love, you know, Tony Stark and Iron Man, but foundationally the character is, you know, he's a man child. He's selfish. He's, he's an idiot. Right. Um, and I, I've always been like, yo, Cap's generally speaking in the entire thing, Cap's been right. Um, yeah. Uh, generally speaking, uh, there's, yeah. yeah. But, um, he epitomizes what, what one should aspire to. Uh, very much and I say it even in the, you know, I'm going to sort of get political here, even in light of, like, you know, the events that have been happening um, since election and stuff like that. Like he, he epitomizes, you know, what we should all strive to be a good person. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, God, the, the excitement I have for um, just uh, in general, um, like the the movie was good and 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 it really did it. You're right. A weak part is, uh, the Red Skull played by Hugo Weaving. Um, and it's not because he's weak. It's that, it's that they don't do anything with him. Yeah. And right. Like in terms of like Captain America's like central villains, he's number yeah, he, one. Yeah, he he is, and he became a cartoonish villain. Yeah, and and they did it because to be very fair, it's you know, Hydra, Red Skull, not Nazis, and we can't really deal with anything heavy. It's a Marvel movie. So we can't, you know, deal with the fact that, you know, he's associated with the Nazi party, that, you know, he's all about his, his superiority, right? You know, like, like we can't deal with any of that. We got to water down the Nazi, right, and just make him generic evil, right? Right. Uh, when it's like, dude, just say he's a Nazi and also a death cultist, <laughs> right, in, 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 as a Hydra agent, right? Right. Or as Hydra leader. It, it would be enough. But nevertheless... Um, we're gonna say he even does a good job. I just wish they did more with the character, and they yeah. Said, and you're well. It's good what they do with him later. I still think that's not enough, and it's kind of very antithetical to it. Not to mention it leaves a huge plot hole for later. We'll get into that when we talk about um, Endgame. 
But yeah, okay. it's, it's a must watch. Absolutely. Um, on the other side of the scale, though, right, we have um, uh, after Captain America, and we're four movies in, uh, we got The Avengers. And in yeah, 2012, where the team comes together. Yeah, in 2012, it was Batman, The Dark Knight Rises versus The Avengers. One, you know, and that tells you, like, just how popular character Batman is, where it's taking on The Avengers at the time. Um, yeah. In terms of the box office. And, um, yeah. Um, the Avengers, uh, the first Avengers movie is, it's, do you want, here's the thing. It's really good. It sets a lot of the standards. But the problem is, is if you watch it now, you're going to see yeah. like, oh, wow, it's the same thing over. Right? Like some mm-hmm. of, you know, it's like, oh, it's, there's a sky beam. Oh, you know, there's this. Oh, yeah. there's that. Or, you know, it sort of falls into the tropes. Um, oddly enough, it's kind of very, the plot is almost identical to that of, uh, um, what is it, Transformers 3, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. The, the plot right. of the movie is almost identical to Transformers 3. The only saving yeah. grace is that what they did in the movie was successfully give every character enough time to yeah. to work. Um, this was sort of like Joss Whedon's forte of, of doing big, large-scale teen-ups, o- ensemble casts, and then giving right. each and every one of them their time to shine. Um, right. Until he... Was yeah. you know came in, yeah, until with Justice the League. with the Justice League, and then he uh, just like you know, fucked it all up. Apparently, Ex- I, I don't think that he likes the character of Cyborg, but I don't blame him. I do think that Cyborg as a character is a like they they, they just you know took the character and mm-hmm. sort of added him to the Justice League in New Fifty Two, and now he's become important. Homie's always yeah, been but we're Marvel. we're talking Marvel, yeah. <laughs> so let's go back to Marvel. We digress. We digress. <laughs> But yeah, Marvel, Which is like the event. Okay, so the first Avengers movie, four and a half shields. Um, I will agree with you. It was uh, a good. It, w- it um, was five shields when the movie came out. Yeah, but uh, you know, time definitely. Well, okay, so I'm going to say four, um, Chris. You know what? Um, because I think there was uh, more room, and um, the the later compilation movies were much, much, uh, much, much better. Now, when it first came out, four point five. Okay, but in light of the the complete universe, I would give it a four. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but it's as much watch as we get. Um, yeah, basic you know notion of it all. It's like you know we bring a lot of characters back. You know, like pretty much all the the you know Marvel movies were you know leading up to this moment. We spent a lot of time sort of showing off what the central um, sort of uh, MacGuffin that everyone's chasing after, who the central yep. adversary would be, and then teasing an adversary for the future at the very end. Um, right. It's sort of like it, it is the blueprint of how to do, you know, a shared universe comic book movie um, where you sort of do the team up and then you you bring them in. Like everything about it is it, it is it, it is so like centralized and so uh, hyper focused on the team up. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's like all those beats are, are now like at this weird point of being cliche. Where it's like, all right, you right. got to get the team together. They can't agree with them, uh, about anything. They got to do this. They got to do that. Someone, someone will die, right? They all, you know, you know, join up together again. They they learn to work with each other and then they kill it, right? It it that right. that basic storyline structure has been like sort of done to death post, um, you know, uh, 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 post Avengers. And, um, you know, if you watch it now, you're gonna see a lot of those beats and, you know, but it's one of those things that it really helps start it, um, but. You know, it's in terms of the scale of the movie, it's quite small, right? That first Avengers movie is quite small scale once you consider the rest. Um, right. 
but yeah, it's a it's a four and a half for me and a must watch. Um, and that would conclude, you know, um, phase one, which I uh, colloquially call the uh, Tesseract saga, being the uh, the the main thing that they're focusing on in that first phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get into phase two, which is doesn't phase two is uh, in my opinion the weakest part of all of Marvel because there's pretty much a lot of here where I yep. yeah don't like what's the point. Um, um, and but the thing is is that other movies have made them um, necessary. So starting off phase two was Iron Man three, the post Avengers film. Uh, Iron Man dealing with his PTSD of the events of the, that film, you know fighting his apparently most important villain, even though they make a joke out of it. A lot of the problems with Marvel, you can see this is where it stems from. The sameness, the sort of take everything and turn it into a joke. Um, You know, like take these guys, most important villains, and just mess with them to, you know, to no ends by by removing the sort of things that make them interesting or, or, and just playing everything for a joke in general. Right. Um, I did not enjoy this movie yeah. um, at all. Yeah. And then on top of that, it's, it's you know, um, like, yeah, it's some people really enjoy this. Some people really do. And, you know, um, I personally wouldn't watch it. it I'm not going to judge. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I not, did not. Yeah. I'm not going to sort of, uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to say you can skip it because fundamentally and foundationally, it doesn't add anything into the main plot. It does a lot of yeah. character heavy lifting. Well, okay. So I think it's it's sort of to you know Avengers, the second movie, Age of Ultron. In in that sense, there might be, right, Um, a tie-in. But uh, overall, no. Um, I I agree with you. It isn't. um, It isn't a strong movie. Um, I don't think it's. I think it's a skip as well. I agree with you a hundred percent. And in terms of my star rating, this is actually one of my most hated. Uh, sort of Marvel films, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is a one. There's yeah, some I agree with you. It, yeah, but for the most part, it's like I, um, I've always been a fan of t- in terms of like the Mandarin character, you know, the yeah. Ten Rings and the st- and like when they were doing that tease of the Ten Rings in the first Iron Man movie, I was like, holy crap, we're gonna get the Mandarin, um, and then what we got was a joke. They literally decided to just, you know, make the character a joke, and then right. you know. It, yeah, all of it was just sort of, yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't good for me. Um, right. Yeah, uh, it was definitely one of those movies I walked out of going like, what the hell, right? You know, it's like, yeah. God damn it, right? Why did I, you know, why did, because everyone, it got why did I spend the money on this? Yeah. <laughs> I like, should have just waited and like, came on DVD. Exactly. <laughs> you know, or eventually on freaking Netflix. Uh, right, or Netflix, right. Yeah, um, and so, but uh, yeah, what happened, um, yeah, but we'll skip it. I don't want to talk about that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Moving onwards. Um, what's it? It was called? Thor two. Yeah, Thor two, hundred percent skip one. Oh, my God, this was a bad one. Right. It was a it, yeah. It wasn't a strong movie. I agree with you, except that we got introduced to um, the stones. Right. Yeah, they really like they started giving them names and like they. they yeah. Did it. Uh, here's the thing, I I I say skip. But because of what you just said, it had to pop it up. And then, of course, how it plays into the third film, Endgame. Right. Right. Uh, sorry, how it fl- plays into that. Um, yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, when we really think about it, um, 
I mean, we have to, I mean, you know, um, we're looking at them as standalone movies, but we're, we also have to take a look at them as they're, you know, how they move the, yeah. the bigger narrative forward and it did move the bigger narrative forward. So it's not a great movie. I'm going to slightly disagree with you. I'd probably put it at about 1.5 to two based on that's place within the bigger narrative, but, um, it's, I mean, you know, just have some drinks while you're watching it. Yeah, just, just yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a good time, but alcohol required. Yeah, um, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, to, 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 to steal a, a rating system from uh, Jeremy Johns. Another great YouTuber, by the way. He does great uh, uh, movie reviews. But, all right. Passing it on from, from Thor 2, uh, we go into... Uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah. I'm gonna and here's the thing... Yeah. Go, right. you go first. All right, all right, all right. I'm just gonna say it right now. This movie is five. Sh this movie is five hydras out of five shields. It is, uh, um, it is, it is my f oh. It, 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 in terms of the standalone, um, Marvel films, this one yep. was my favorite. Mine too. This mine was, too. This is oh my god! It was so good. I watched this. Yeah. And, but and it 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 was so good. That someone that the Russo brothers who directed it became, you know, like the king, not kingmakers, became like the guys at Marvel. Yeah. Right. Oh, I agree with you. Here's the thing: is I don't think movie itself was, you know, plays a part in the bigger narrative really of the Endgame. Yeah, it really. Right. Does. So this is a complete standalone, uh, but such a great movie, oh, such a great movie through and through. Oh my! I still say it to this day, man. Hail Hydra! Um, right. Uh, it, it, it's 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 such a, it, yeah. The movie is a hundred percent. It is it it does what I say that superhero movies need to do in order to elevate themselves to a higher level. In that, um, you think about it, it's like some of the best superhero movies out there. They're not superhero movies first, and I say that like The Dark Knight has Batman in it, but really it's a crime film. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Logan has Wolverine in it. Really, it's a Western, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this, this has Captain America. Really, this is a 70s era spy film starring Robert Redford, yeah. right? <laughs> um, right, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, like, holy shit. You got Robert Redford and a 70s era spy film all in the one? Ooh, ooh. Yeah. You got <laughs> great, you got great movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I was a huge fan of, of, of you know, Spy Game and, and those 70s era uh, Robert Redford, uh, you know, spy films that he did at the time. Uh, and, the, you know, him in this movie, um, like Robert Redford in this movie, playing off, you know, Chris Evans, bringing us, you know, um, people like uh, Sam Wilson, you know, uh, the Falcon, who's, who's yeah. more important, who's going to be a very important character, uh, bringing to us other, you know, like huge characters that will... Right. Spoiler alert. Huge spoiler alert. Uh, Bucky is survives and he is Winter Soldier and we we see him, right? And he, because he's part of that bigger narrative. So, I, I don't know. Maybe we should stay... It's, it's a great movie. Yeah. Okay. Five Absolutely five, the great movie. Watch. Five out of five, right? But I'm going to modify it because the characters that they're introducing are are really important for endgame yes incredibly so incredibly so so we want to we want to include them yeah. um you know so um 
yeah, so there is a there is a, yeah. a place for him the, because we're introduced to and reintroduced to characters that we thought had died. Exactly. Um, but a great movie, standalone wise. Absolutely, through and through. And then, yeah, it's it just in general one of the best, it, in my opinion, one of the best Marvel films that they yeah. ever produced. It was it it, it it had it all for me. Damn, you know what I'm going to do after this podcast, uh, Chris, is I'm going to pull out Captain America, First Avenger, Winter Soldier, and Civil War, and watch them all together. (laughs) I just want to see them all together, like, all together. There's my Sunday, guys. Great. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's it's just so good. Um, Yeah, after Captain America, we actually had a small, um, and we actually had this very small, not small, we had a movie that came out. Out of left field. Yeah, out of left field. And it doesn't feel like it fits into the larger Marvel universe at the time. It sort of doesn't really connect with any of the characters that we've come to know. And it just sort of does its own thing. And helmed by the indomitable and always talented uh, James Gunn. Um, Yeah. You know, a man who uh, one of his early writing gigs was that he wrote Dawn of the Dead uh, for uh, another one of our favorite directors, um, uh, Zack Snyder. Um, right. James Gunn and Zack mm-hmm. Snyder worked together on Dawn of the Dead, which is ostensibly yeah. one of my favorite zombie films uh, ever made. Yep. And he decided to take an interesting twist on the Guardians of the Galaxy and really. And sorry. Yeah. So we sorry for bearing the lead. The film Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, he right. took he took this literally Marvel Z list as garbage as you get in terms of characters the the freaking Guardians and he gave them a new life. You've got a talking raccoon. Yeah. There's like, like and you've got a tree yeah, that says got, one word. Yeah. That, that that's that speaks by saying I am Groot. None of it right. should work. It right. Works. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's got an amazing soundtrack. Holy! Cr- I bought the, I bought this on vinyl. <laughs> it was so good. The soundtrack. Um, right. Every single right. song in the soundtrack is, is is a banger. All of it. Was, it was a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Through and yeah. through. This one here. Really fun. Another five out of five for me. Um, I agree. And it slightly, slightly ties into the future of things to come in in a way yes. that um, you know, and you know, but in a way that it doesn't pay too much attention to it. It you know the B side doesn't overtake from the central theme of it all. Yeah. Okay. Now, that all being said, all right, I'm trying to remember. After this, we have, I think after Guardians, we have... Uh, we've got Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah, so the Avengers sequel, the second team-up. Yeah. All right, I'm going to come out uh, and say it. Man, I did not like this one. <laughs> I did not either. It was, like, dumb. Yeah, uh, you know, the Age of Ultron lasted all of the week, by the way. Uh, yeah. But... Um, Taking, yeah, taking that, all those into account, you know, like, one of the main problems with Age of Ultron was, was that Tony Stark is a freaking moron. Um, yeah. You know, and he decides to make a, you know, Skynet and go like, nothing can go wrong. <laughs> right. Right. Because Terminator taught us nothing, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, About yeah. AI yeah. having control. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> hey, I want to create Skynet. And becoming self-aware. Yeah. It's gonna Self-aware. Yeah. It's going to protect us all. Right. And then... Um, Right, I'm going to come up with my score. This is a like two shields for me, mm-hmm. um, but it is absolutely necessary. Yeah. Uh, so many characters are introduced. So much heavy lifting for the future of what's coming on in terms of like the Infinity Stones, 
uh, revealing, you know, that, you know, the, the scepter in the first um, movie was an Infinity Stone, revealing that the Tesseract, you know, the Tesseract is yeah. Infinity Stone. Like, like, a whole bunch of stuff is, is, is done in a way to really push the, 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 the B-side narrative forward at the severe cost of the A-side narrative. Um, yeah. Ultron is not, um, Ultron as a villain is petulant and garbage. Uh, the stuff around it is kind of crazy and it falls into like it falls into this weird thing about where it looks like the Avengers like save everybody and then later on in the movie we have to be sorry later on in other movies we're told oh no they actually didn't say get to do that I'm like oh but I thought they did you know I thought like they literally it's one of those issues that I had where it's like people are bringing up how in Age of Ultron you know like the Avengers save everybody but the you know in DC they can't but I go like but apparently they, they don't do that in at all in Marvel as, as well. The plot doesn't... Right. The plot's not that strong. Uh, the villain is not that menacing. And... And, you know, he's well played. You know, James Spader kills yeah. him. You know, yeah. uh, but it's just not... It, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's two, and I only give it two because of its place in the larger MCU. But it's yeah. gonna go. Um, yeah, what about you on this one? Where, where's your... No, I would agree with all of your comments. I mean, I I don't think there's um, there's anything. I have no discord with what what you what you've said. Yeah. All right, and then yeah, moving on to uh, another huge big uh, one. After this, we have the start of Phase Three, with um, you know the end of the Infinity Prelude, as I call uh, Phase Two, Phase mm-hmm. Three, which is essentially you know in a, I would call Infinity War. Or, right. Know, uh, yeah, the uh, the Infinity War. Um, phase three starts off with that man. Yep, that was a good movie. It was fun. It was funny. It was okay. I don't particularly care for it. It doesn't really add much to the story for me. Um, yeah, but it, it, it to me it was apart. a fun. It, yes, I agree with you there. But it was a it was a fun movie, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, it, it was it was hum- it was. Um, I didn't have. I didn't think it had the hokey humor. Um, well, it's it for the character. The, like, yeah. You know, like, the character and the people he's around. Like, Luis, like, his, his buddy, right? Um, he was, to, by far, for me, that was the, the best character. Yeah, funny, hilarious, cool. Like, all, like yeah. all, all of it around it. Um, I'm not the biggest Michael Douglas fan, so, um, you know, his inclusion as Hank Pym didn't really mind. It didn't mind. What I don't like is that they, you know, sort of whitewashed and sanitized the character of, mm-hmm. of Hank Pym. Hank Pym is a horrible person. You know, he's a wife beater. He's a piece of shit. But, you know, you got to sanitize it for the sake of, you know, the, the kiddies. Right? Right. And, you know, but thankfully, he's not the Ant-Man that we're focusing on. You know, the Ant-Man we're right. focusing on is Scott Lang, uh, played by Paul Rudd. And uh, generally speaking, uh, he is uh, a very, you know, he's a very interesting character. Uh, the problem that I also have, though, with this film, and it's a small one, is that Hank Pym was the creator of Voltron, not Tony Stark. If you were going to have Hank Pym show up fucking anyway, a movie later, why couldn't you have him make Ultron and not Tony Stark? Why assassinate Tony Stark's character by making him a moron, right? When yeah. you can just assassinate, you know, Hank Pym's character by making the wife beater a moron. I digress. <laughs> uh, that being said, um, this was an okay movie. Three shields for me. Okay, I'm going to agree. I'm still sort of, because I'm not really hugely yeah, so, familiar with yeah, Hank Pink, so, you know, your wife beater comments are sort of throwing me off yeah, here, because yeah. I'm just like, what? 
yeah it's freaking weird like it, it's one of those things that's like it's deep cups and deep it's a deep cut into the lore but it's one of those things and oh my god cool. uh but i guess i know why they didn't do it uh you know it's better to sanitize a character than actually you know, have to deal with the fact that he's thing i mean they tend to do it with all of them like you know tony stark is a horrible alcoholic you know mm-hmm. uh but we can't show that tony stark has alcoholism <laughs> right um we're, we have to sanitize the character for that uh you know uh, personality defects, not actual, you know, addictions and problems with these characters, right? There, there can't be any real, you know, development on these people, you know, dealing with their stuff. You know, Demon in a Bottle, which is one of the most important freaking Iron Man stories, you know, is gets, you know, messed up in Iron Man 2 for the sake of sanitization. But um, all that, you know, said, you know, three for me, it starts Dude, off... Dude, I have like a huge... I'm sorry, I have like a huge problem here. Um, that, <laughs> all right, that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so they, I, I understand what you said, that it's part of, you know, lore that you've just sort of pulled out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hit me across the head virtually with a what? Um, right. And, you know, the, the sanitization of this character, but I don't understand, like, how did this narrative work within the overall... Okay, um, so storytelling. Yeah, so part of like, the, is this something that Marvel introduced in order to address domestic violence? And you know how wrong it is. Like, I, I'm much, trying yeah, to. Do you understand? Those, like, I'm like, I'm trying to understand. Like, yes. why would why, yeah, comic why, books would introduce yeah. something like this unless so it's it one was of those to things that was like you know like you know the honeymooners bam zoom straight to the moon sort of thing that later gets yeah. contextualized as holy shit what the hell you know it's like. You know, like, Ant-Man's a, like, a white beater, like, what the hell? And then they deal with it in the comics, and they deal with the fact that, you know, Hank Pym, despite how smart he is, is kind of an ass, kind of a horrible person. And he has to go through some sort of redemptory stuff, and then, you know, they eventually change it up and with, with, a, with a few retcons later, changing up the character and sort of getting rid of, like, this thing. But the it's always been well sort of accepted that Hank Pym is a bad person, despite being a hero, right? Um... And then, of course, a few retcons later, they, they, they deal with that uh, by sort of getting rid of uh, getting rid of that, making him change, you know, and changing up the character, changing up the aspects. Yeah, but how do they introduce it? Like, did, was he always like this, or is it yeah, like it's, it's did he inhale? Like, did he inhale chemicals? Like, no, was there some like, sort of chemical like imbalance that no, had? This is like seventies era, you know, just like really bad writing. <laughs> um, oh my god! This is seventies right. era, really bad writing. Okay, moving and on. They deal with, <laughs> they, that they deal with much later in in, in more modern day stuff by looking at the character and go like, "Holy crap!" Maybe you know, it's like we got to deal with sometimes that these people are horribly wrong, you know. And um, but yeah, like you you already have this character with a villainous aspect to him, and then on top of that, he created Ultron, <laughs> right? In, right? In the comics, right? Like everything about Hank Pym. And, and his and, and everything wrong with him could have been used as a good foil for the rest of them. You know, like old school Avenger, one of the first early heroes, right? Mm-hmm. And show the fact that, yeah, this guy's actually quite garbage. And, you know, it's played by Michael Douglas, so it's not too hard to believe. Um, <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> wow, Chris. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Um, You're just like, as you can tell, you sort of like shocked me. (laughs) I'm I'm having a really hard time processing. Um, So let's go back to (laughs) Ant-Man, Shield Uh, rating. Three 
three shields, and but it's a okay. It's a three shields, but for me, it's a skip. Okay, I enjoyed the movie. I'm not sure if I can see Pim the same way. <laughs> Thank oh, you so much for like destroying that for me. All right, uh, you jerk. <laughs> but um, yeah, okay. Did you, uh, you know what? Up Hank Pim's like uh, I did domestic abuse. Yes, and you see it right. It's like holy crap. Yeah, and I'm just like I'm like I said I'm um, very um, yeah. There's like one where it says Hank Pym wife beater, and it's just like yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's one of those very very strange things. Uh, But yeah, it's well okay. So when I'm looking at it, it, it's um. It's yeah, it's from um, I think the the nineteen seventies, but it's I'm trying to understand like uh, how could they introduce a story like this unless so it's 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 it, in my opinion it's 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 honeymoon so it, level of bam zoom straight to the moon it's like when right Batman but uh, slaps the shit out of Robin and goes like dude that's your ward what the hell <laughs> right but here's the thing is uh, so the way so I'm reading up on it um so what they're Hank Pym committing the devastating, you know, committing spousal abuse. I was just, uh, just before he suffered a chemical spill. Okay. So that's, yeah. So that's what they, so that's how they're tying it in is that he suffered a chemical just before the incident. He, he suffered a chemical spill, which impacted him and it made him adopt a more, reckless violent identity yes. called yellow jacket and that's yeah, the, and the that's the one of, that committed yeah who's right the villain of the of, of atman yellow jacket right yeah right? yeah like they like right they they don't want to deal like they it's one of those things so they did it later that he had like oh, the whole spill thing but the reality is is that yeah it's just really distasteful stuff that they decide to do for shock value um um but yeah it's one of those things that you know he's never get, like that character's never going to get away from it uh, like it was just really yeah bad. well that's what they're saying is that you know they introduced this this thing and um the you know and it's you know and it's um it's really impacted his his storyline right oh yeah no like they, he's now become known as a wife beater yeah no Hank Pym, um, they, thank they, you yeah, chris yeah. um Hank for like, like you know a lot of people who possibly may not have known now know yeah, <laughs> right. Sorry, okay. deep cuts with the lore, guys. Deep cuts with the lore. Yeah, but it's because so it's so just to and I'm not trying to sanitize it, but based on the the lore, the storyline, it's um, there's a chemical spill. He gets impacted and becomes more um, hostile and aggressive, which leads to the spousal abuse. That's not an excuse for spousal abuse <laughs> exactly. at all. No, no. Okay. Just, yeah. Um, and just. It, it, it just let's, can't. It's horrible. It, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like, like they they have, but it's 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 Marvel in general. What they do is that they'll, you know, Marvel comics generally speaking, if you you won't believe it, Marvel comics are generally very dark, like DC level dark, right? Uh, but the Marvel movies are very very light. And uh, when you look at the comics of DC. 
DC Comics are very, very Wow, light. dude. Yeah, we got to move on. I'm, like, really, like... Um, yeah, you're, you're stuck on this. I one. might have PTS, P- PTSD, PTSD from, from, that, <laughs> right? from, from that. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I can't look at that character the same way. I know. Um, so, following Atman is Captain America Civil War, which I thought was a really good movie. Yeah. Um, uh, in my opinion, the, the it, that movie is the freaking um, Avengers 2 that we deserved. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And if we get introduced to Black Panther, what we didn't know, right? We get introduced to T'Challa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, it's, what can I say? Civil War. It, it's Thankfully, it's it's more of a Captain America movie than it is an Avengers movie. Yeah. And because of that, it doesn't lose sight of the foundational aspect, which is the characters and their relationships, you know, specifically Captain America and his buddy Bucky. Right? Yeah. You know, like, you know, the, the aspects of that are, are maintained. You know, the other characters are, are given uh, more intricate uh, um, sort of characterization. And then on top of that all, the character of Baron Zemo, uh, Helmet Zemo, yeah. is introduced and will be further developed in the upcoming Falcon and Winter Soldier show. Yeah. Uh, quite excited. For and just to, right, and just to tie in, um, so... I, in winter, spoiler alert, Winter Soldier, um, Captain America finds out that the Winter Soldier is actually Bucky. And one of the last, um, scenes is Bucky going to, um, going to a museum and reading up about Captain America and himself and reads up about himself. And then we're into Civil War where Bucky's on the run and Bucky's being, um, what is the a framed Bucky's being framed for terrorist event activities and you know Captain America's like no that's not that's not who he is and he's there trying to you know find Bucky before things you know go even more down the pot uh, and um, and this and you know he's not he's fighting not only uh, Iron Man but he's also now fighting and you and we don't know if he's a hero or if he's a villain but the black panther yeah uh yeah generally speaking this one is a uh, um four shields for me um, yeah and the only reason why is because uh the only reason why it, it, it's not like you know higher is because um you know a lot of the movie um like the, the central theme of like these heroes fighting each other going to civil yeah. war yeah is kind of contrived um yeah it's one of those things like what there's something really stupid that pops up and that sort of the, the, the foundation for it all, which is that superheroes need to be sort of maintained by world government, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's um, your registry. Yeah, and, and you know, and that whole like, yeah, you gotta like, you gotta you gotta work with us. You gotta register. You guys have to. You you guys you guys need some sort of oversight. And Tony Stark is like, yeah, hundred percent. We need oversight. It's like, look what happened with Ultron. Yeah, but dude, Ultron is because of you. You dope. Yeah, like, I, and to which, you know, the only one who needs oversight apparently is you. Yeah, that's yeah. And like, and like, no, it's you who needs oversight. You weren't willing to give up your freaking You're the moron. to okay. like, the U.S. government. Now you want to give up like power and seat control to these guys. You know, the the people that he that he's against are also like tend to be freaking Hydra, right? The people right. that he wants to give uh, power and authority to tend to be freaking you know Hydra agents. What can I say? It's one of those really. It's one of those things that I. That makes me dislike Tony Stark more and more as time goes on, right? Because it's like, dude, it's like, 
stop you know stop being an idiot just freaking deal with it he just doesn't think no he doesn't but that's his but that's the character um but that right. all being said you know pretty good i like this, this oh fun. and i i want to say this is when we first get introduced to wakanda forever <laughs> yeah it's like yeah we, we at the see, end right yeah exactly we see the, the panther like they go to wakanda. yeah we see the panther uh black panther homeworld yeah. or country uh, yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry uh, yeah, i have my country um, yeah yeah we, we, we homeland see, yeah we see wakanda and we we, we see it like all, in all of its glory uh after yeah. black panther uh sorry after captain america was uh dr strange yeah dr strange yeah this is like a two for me yeah uh, i agree with you i don't think it was a strong one it didn't really engage me too much but just, I, I think we needed it for moving yeah it's we needed it for the, uh, to introduce the character and move the narrative forward. Yeah, something that it does very well, and it's part of the thing. It's like, oh shoot, how do we show a character with magic when we disavowed magic in our universe for up until right. this point? Right. It's like, guess what? We no longer disavow magic. It's like, okay. It actually existed. Yeah. It's like, okay, poor writing, you idiots. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like just have it in the beginning. People could buy it right yeah you know like freaking dc came out of the gates with freaking magic yeah you know it's like like it it, it was one of those things that they were terrified of because of like this hyper realism thing that was going on but they didn't have to be and for it it's like okay now there's magic out of nowhere you know and other characters are gonna have to now acknowledge that there's magic out of nowhere like Loki right. and thor and you know right um yeah but um and it helps because yeah and it does help because i mean it it explains you know what a time stone will do right so uh uh, so we're we're again introduced to one of the infinity is part of the bigger narrative yeah Uh, yeah but it also falls into that really really big problem with marvel movies which was you know do an origin story do this secret yeah uh, use this use this device reveal that the device is secretly infinity stone you know yeah um like it was it was fall like marvel movies started falling into that trap and it in this one it clear it really shows um yeah the cumberbatch does okay in general i do feel that like at this point he's kind of getting overplayed a bit um yeah also benedict cumberbatch your american accent is always wonky man uh <laughs> what just be british <laughs> yeah just be british bro uh, like you know, it, it sounds better. And why can't Doctor Strange be British? There's nothing about the character that needs him to be American. You know, they have a freaking. Well, actually, he could be an American with a British accent, right? I mean, he could have been raised in the UK. Um, he could have, you know, gotten a, uh, you know, came and studied here, and then got a work visa, and then you know, and gotten a, a green card, and then gotten citizenship. I mean, there's a million ways of having yeah. a Doctor Strange with a British accent. Yeah, just do that. Do your little, like, you know, special, you know, uh, this is a, to coin a, use a DC term, do your little Elseworlds tale, you know, of this Marvel Cinematic Universe and have, you know, you know, the yeah. Sorcerer Supreme be a British dude. Right? I mean, like, how great, you know what, how great would that have been if Doctor Strange was an immigrant who got citizenship in the U.S.? Yeah, it, dude, I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't see anything wrong with that. Okay. Anyways, um... So, and it would really help with the anti-immigrant sentiment that, um, that's been going around. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, going back, uh, so going back to, uh, what would you rate this? I, I don't think you gave it a rating. Uh, do you want, I, I think Did I you? said two. 
Yeah, you did. I'm sorry. Sorry. I would agree with you. I don't think other than it, you know, explaining the, the time stone. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a really engaging movie for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it suffers a lot. It falls from a lot. And then on top of that, it sort of sets up a sequel that we're going to probably, we're, we're going to see in the future, but I don't know how it's going to turn out or or why. Um, Right. And then um, that leads us to Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which, I don't know, Chris, I didn't think, I didn't like this movie at all. I thought it was, like, sort of stupid. Um, I don't know how it helped the narrative. I'd yeah, probably I give don't... it a 1 or a 1.5. Like, this I would say like skip. A, yeah, this is a skip for me. This is, like, a 1 or 2, 3-ish, I don't know. Um, not not even three. That's too good. You're yeah. being generous. I'm, it's a I'm, one I'm or being, a one point five. I think two is generous too. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm, as well. Easily, I'm being generous. It's just it's one of those things that's just like it's okay. I don't particularly enjoy it. I don't think that it does much to the story. Um, it does help Nebula's character a little bit. Um, you know, Gamora's sister. Um, you know, for her mm-hmm. role later on in this in the series, but. Well, uh, other than a uh, character introduction. Right, but Chris, again, not not even character introduction, just character like a small character change. Um, right, you know, I th- uh, <coughs> if you like the Guardians, watch this one. Uh, but if you're here just for the story of the arcing plot, you know, go ahead. Uh, I know some people who don't like Guardians; they find some of the characters kind of cloying. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah, sure, you don't need to necessarily go through this one. It's not going to be problematic if you if you skip this one. Um, right. Uh, yeah, and it, it thankfully doesn't like do anything crazy to the bigger story. After Guardians right. 2, though, um, this was a movie that actually I was very divided on. Um, and so Guardians 2, you know, skip 2, 1, yeah, yeah whatever. Um, this movie I was divided on. Uh, I know people love it. I am. I, I was divided on it for two reasons. Um, and uh, my division on it has changed over time. And that was okay. uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, before that, though, we've got Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh yeah, there was yeah the I always tend to get the, the Spider-Man movie. <laughs> so on that note, if he's forgotten that, if Chris has forgotten, then that means that it wasn't great. It didn't move the narrative it's a, it forward. Was, yeah, it's a it was a good movie. It's a good I would, movie, I would, but I would give it like a four, right? Because it was a really good Spider-Man movie. But you're right. It like the like it it doesn't do anything for the narrative. Like, yeah, I mean. Here's the thing. It's going to be important for the larger Spider-Man universe characters. And I say that because uh, we're going to have, uh, um, what's it called? Like um, uh, like um, the, the main villain of this, uh, the Vulture, played by uh, yeah. uh, Michael Keaton. He's going to be in the Morbius film, right? He's, mm-hmm. gonna, he's going to build up like the Sinister Sticks. So we're going to get like Venom and Morbius and the Vulture and the Scorpion. And we're going to like do like a Sinister Six. Right, right. Um, you know, with these characters, and uh, uh, and you know, definitely, it's one of those things I'm quite excited that you know I'm I'm hoping they do soon, um, and really like bring promise to like this larger Spider Verse. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. Um, not really necessary for the full story, but uh, it might become necessary in the future. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, then after that was the film that I was incredibly divided on, which was Thor Ragnarok. People, uh, I'm pretty sure you love this movie. <laughs> I do. Um, so, okay, if I love this movie because it was really fun, okay? Uh, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. It was a really fun movie. Um, 
I don't know if it moved the narrative forward. Uh, we find out what happened to Hulk. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know he was missing. Uh, but Ultron, he, he was after uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah. Um, which makes sense why they didn't show up for the Civil War. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a really fun movie. Uh, Chris, uh, it... That's no, what you want, right? Yeah, Sometimes so it, you just want to feel was, good movie. Um, outside of the the narrative, I don't think it does a whole lot. But if you want to enjoy something, the characters were good. They were funny. They had everything. Um, Loki uh, and uh, Thor, we get introduced to their sister who's bringing, um, bringing the end of days for Asgard, right? And, uh, but it... I think for Thor Ragnarok, the last, probably, uh, well, the mid-credit scenes is the most important part of the movie. Yeah. But um, I I would give it a four, okay, just so because I enjoyed it so much. I think so everybody gonna, played gonna, really well. I want to It was just, it was score. like a comedy. It was like a space comedy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to match your score. Um, it Chris? Totally, hey, can you hear me? D, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and generally, so in general, when it comes to say Thor, um, I would argue that um, like Thor Ragnarok, my main issue with it was that it was a little too jokey considering the the, the subject matter. Um, you know, I know that uh, you were, uh, and I yeah, I do agree. It is a fun movie, incredibly fun. And for that, I would give it a four with you. Uh, as I was saying earlier, yeah, I would absolutely give it a four with you. But, um, yeah, just in general, like, the, the foundational problems of just of being too jokey, dealing with, like, large-scale issues, dealing, you know, there was no real moments for, for, for character moments to land, for, 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 you know, emotional moments to land. There wasn't really a moment for it. Um, that being said, the cast is stellar, and I'm quite excited. I thought it was, like, Taika Waititi, like, the director. I thought it was, like, just him being a very jokey person because he is, he is that way. And he could, and that he wasn't really good at landing the emotional moments. But then after Jojo Rabbit, uh, I was, you know, I, I stand corrected. It's, I think it's more just like Marvel's like things don't like focus too heavy on the large scale, uh, yeah, on the on the, the greater and large scale stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm not large scale. That's the wrong word. Don't focus too heavily on on any of the the the, the emotional core because you know it is it is big. It's kind of heavy. Um, but that being said, yeah, Thor Ragnarok is a fun movie. It is an, a must watch. Absolutely. Um, uh, after this, though, what, what, what's the next movie? What, what, what's the next movie? Um, okay. So the next one is Black Panther. Uh, and that's where we're introduced to the, uh, to the Black Panther universe, a home world, uh, home world, home country, uh, Wakanda. I don't know why I keep on saying home world. Um, I'm such a... A dope. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. It, um, I thought they did a really good job of introducing Black Panther. Again, Black Panther is not a you know a a top tier character um, for Marvel, but this is what they do really well, right? Is they they introduce their their um, their second, third, fourth tier characters, and they've done a really good job of fleshing them out. So we learn more about Black, um, Black Panther. We learn about um, the the country. We learn about their culture, how 
Uh, and I, I just, I thought it was really good. And Wakanda itself becomes central to, uh, to Infinity War, which was the next movie. I, in terms of, you know, what would I give it? I'd probably give it a 4 or 4.5. And the reason why I wouldn't give it a 5 yet is because I like to see, you know, what they do with Black Panther 2. Um, Chadwick Boseman, um, he did pass away. So it'll be interesting how they bring, um, tie that in. I, I think um, Marvel has come out and said that, you know, they're not going to have a new actor play him. Um so it's quite possible that his sister becomes uh, the Black Panther and it'll be interesting how they address passing. But um, overall, I thought the Black Panther was a strong movie. Uh, what would you give it in terms of its uh, rating? Uh, rating? Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think I had said I'd give it a 4 or a 4.5. And the reason why I wouldn't give it a 5 um is because I think there's still more room for us to grow. I wasn't a fan of Killmonger, the character, uh, but I think uh, Michael did a really good job in, in bringing him to life. But overall, the way they developed the, um, the country of Wakanda was, was amazing. It was great. And, you know, it, it, I, it was, it was good. I mean, they could have, they could have gone and, you know, just, it could have been a huge misstep, but it wasn't, it was, it was good. It was a good, good development. Oh yes, absolutely. It was, uh, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> I don't actually have anything to add to it. I, I agree with your, your assessment entirely. It, it definitely, you know, pushed, not only is it necessary, it is so foundational to what's coming up ahead. And then on top of that, it took a character who, um, and at, it took a character and at a time, you know, in this country in, in you know, or when it comes around the world and really hyper-focused it, it really resonated with a lot of people. Uh, and for that, it, it is a really, and not, not only that, it's a good movie, uh, all of it. Um, so yeah, um, I, I wouldn't, uh, my, your assessment is also mine. I, I absolutely agree with it. Let's uh, move on to the next film. So the next one is um, Avengers Infinity War. So this is a two-parter, right? Because it ends with Endgame. Um, and this Infinity War ties in all of the movies we've seen and developed up to this point, right? And this is where it's, it's all of the characters are now coming together to fight a bigger um, threat. And that means Guardians of, Gal Guardians of the Galaxy are there. Thor, um, Hulk, uh, you know, the, the Avengers from the first two. And, you know, even the new characters, we've got Falcon, we have Winter Soldier, we have uh, Black Panther, Wakanda. Wakanda becomes a huge source uh, at, you know, in, in terms of, I, I mean, I consider Wakanda to be a character within this narrative. Oh yeah, absolutely. When we consider, um, I'm, I'm going to do my assessment for, uh, Infinity War and Endgame as one, uh, because they really are together for me as one. Um, yeah, uh, in terms of it, they, I always say the hardest part of any story is its ending. 
How do you like come to a good and satisfying conclusion? Um, Infinity War is not an ending. It it's a part one of a larger uh, of trying to tell this story because this story telling in one movie is just going to be too hard. Endgame comes out, it goes, it, you know, it follows that thing. I don't want to give any spoilers. It deserves all you know people to 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 look at it as it is. But in general, this is the only one on my list, uh, other except for uh, you know. Um, Captain America Winter Soldier, but this for me is five out of five shields through and through. A must watch both of them together. Together. I agree with you. I think this is one of those where we want to watch you want to watch um Infinity and Endgame back to back. Right? And um in terms of shields, five shields on my part as well. Um and yeah, Chris, spot on. You're right. We can't um, separate the two. We can't separate from, uh, you know, we can't se separate Infinity War and Endgame and look at them as two because they're actually really um, tied to tied together. Uh, the two movies in between, um, Ant Man and the Wasp and Ca Captain Marvel, they tie in to the Endgame in that, um, you know. They, those movies introduce concepts and ideas which are important to the resolution of Endgame, but f five out of five for Infinity War and Endgame. Okay, so um, to just to briefly touch on what you said, uh, yeah, we did skip Ant-Man and the Wasp and um, Captain Marvel. I do think that those are entirely skippable films. Like, when it comes to Captain Marvel, you know... I guess watch it if you want to understand who this character is, but it's not entirely necessary. Um, you know, as far as I understand, I think the character is going to get killed off soon uh, anyway uh, for uh, the mutant rogue when they start introducing the X-Men, which, you know, okay. Um, but the, um, the the bigger thing, which was Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp does have some foundational concepts that are integral to um, Infinity War and Endgame. But... Um, I would say if you need those concepts, watch like the last 10 minutes of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Don't watch anything else. It's just, it's one of those movies that's such a side story. It came out after Infinity War, so the events of Infinity War are fresh in your head. And you're watching this and you go like, I don't care about this. I need, I need to go, you know, it's like, what about the next thing? Same thing with like, you know, uh, Captain Marvel. It's like, it's a prequel. It takes place in the 90s. Right, it doesn't deal with the events of Infinity War. It's just sort of like building up stuff that they have to do for Endgame. Um, so yeah, it's up to you if you want to watch it. I personally like. So I'll say this much: I didn't watch Ant Man and the Wasp, or I didn't watch. Uh, sorry, and um, I didn't watch Captain Marvel going into Endgame. I was totally fine. Uh, they're not central to the thing. Just have a cursory understanding of the characters and and the concepts that uh, are going to be in play, such as like quantum, the quantum time tunneling thing, whatever. And you're fine, and you'll you'll get through it. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm not gonna give a rating for those movies because for me, like they're almost entirely skipped. I skipped them all my first round through. I agree with you. I mean, it's completely optional optional to um, watch both of those movies. Uh, the for Ant Man and the Wasp, spot on. You're correct. Um, the last um, probably ten minutes are what's going what's important, and the same with. Um, Captain Marvel. I mean, it's an introduction to the character. So, but here's here's a question I have for you, Chris. Is do you see the introduction of Captain Marvel? Like, if they had to introduce Captain Marvel earlier, where would you put the Captain Marvel movie in terms of introduction? 
in the timeline or the series of movies that we've already uh, spoken about? Um, very quite easily. <clears throat> um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is in this weird situation where it's part of the cosmic stuff, but its overarching story, in my opinion, is just, it's it's not that strong. It's more heavily based on the character stuff. Um, at, uh, Captain Marvel would have been a good sort of, like, addition to that movie to sort of give it, like, the extra stuff. Captain Marvel, in my opinion, doesn't, is not, like, you know, some people like the movie, some people don't. When I did finally watch the movie, I did not particularly enjoy it. Um, Brie Larson is one of those uh, actors uh, who is very, very... Um, uh, what's the word just in general like just very um divisive um you know you love her you hate her um you know and depending on your side of the politics i guess i don't know uh i don't particularly um enjoy uh the character of captain marvel uh captain marvel as i've consistently made the joke the point of captain marvel is so that she can die and give rogue her powers <laughs> you know like there's not really anything else to there um, not to mention that they're bringing out all these other characters like Miss Marvel with uh, Kamala Khan and uh, a couple of other, uh, you know, you know, like Captain Marvel, like offshoot characters. Um, all things in consideration. Um, yeah, just, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. There's a lot of rumors in the back end that they're going to be getting rid of Captain Marvel for uh, for Rogue anyway, which, you know, which is the lot of the character in the series. Uh, yeah. Okay, I think that brings us to the end of the, of what is it, the uh, part four, or the, the phase, and now the new phase has begun, right? Uh, Endgame took care of, was it uh, phase four? So, um, yeah, so technically we're almost done. Uh, there's one last thing to phase three, which is sort of an epilogue to phase three, and that would have been Captain, uh, sorry, uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. And it's sort of like a nice little epilogue that deals with some of the aftermath and then sort of like hints at the future of a larger, of you know, of a different MCU coming up, you know, focusing on different stuff. And I am, um, you know, I want to see what they do with it. Here's the problem. You don't have an ending that good, you know, with Endgame and then try to continue it because you run into the great risk of ruining the, the power of the ending. And I would say that in that, like, say if they decide to bring Tony Stark or Captain America or any of these characters or or do anything, like, say if they decide to do something that, you know, undermines the events of those movies, it only does to harm those films. And I don't think Kevin Feige is going to do that, but I do think that it will be a risk for someone in the future to undermine the, these events, to mess with, and to <coughs> try to, you know try to keep the ball rolling, you know, because we had 22 films over 10 years. Are we going to get 40? Is it going to be 40 films over 20, right? And if it's going to be 20 years, that's a large period of time where they're going to have to deal with, you know, ever-evolving stories and try to get this working twice. Um, the post, you know, um, like like the post, uh, you know, the, the, the phase four Marvel films like Black Widow, I don't give a crap about. Like, there's very few, like, Phase 4 uh, films that I'm actually quite interested in. Um, the only one that I'm interested in right now is, like, the new Spider-Man movie because it looks like it's about the multiverse. Um, other than that, though, um, yeah, just briefly touching on Far From Home. Uh, it's an epilogue. It's optional. I'm not going to give it a rating. Uh, if you want to see some more Spider-Man and deal with the aftermath of, of Endgame, it's there. Otherwise, the Endgame ending is still pretty good. 
I mean, um, Far From Home, I, I mean, it was an okay movie. I wasn't exactly a fan of it. Um, I think, you know, it tried to be bigger than it was. Uh, yeah, as an epilogue, okay, it's, uh, you know, what, what are the consequences or how did the world... How does the world move forward? It was good that, you know, um, all of Peter Parker's friends uh, disintegrated with him at the end of Infinity War. Otherwise, they would have been five years older and not in high school like they were, right? So MJ, his best bud, they also were one of those individuals who were, who were taken away with the snap. And then when the snap came back, they were, they were resurrected, so to speak. So um, in, in that way good in terms of trying to um ensure that you've plugged that hole up but otherwise yeah i i mean uh i'm looking forward to the movie with the multiverse so yeah i it's optional if you want to watch this or not um it you know when you come off of a movie like endgame anything else is just not going to be satisfying enough Yeah, absolutely, and that's um, <clears throat> that's definitely one of the things that that pops up, right? Um, um, that's definitely one of those huge things that keeps on hitting up through it, where you take, you know, like you do such a good job that you have to worry about the aftermath. Whereas, like, oh crap, how do we, you know, like how do we just how do we keep on going better and better and better? And that's the thing that's going to be the future. Uh, I have no doubt we'll talk about the next three phases of Marvel eventually, or as they come out. But um, as for now, yeah, I think this is a good place uh, to end it. This is our sort of Marvel cinematic, not movie or television, but Marvel cinematic, um, you know, podcast that goes through. Oh my God, deep in depth. I think we've been going at this for almost like freaking, you know, uh, you know, an hour and a half. Um, you know, but we needed a heavy catharsis from last week's war room sorry yesterday's war room in order to uh sort of you know deal with it so here in a happy place enjoy this extra long episode right and chris i'm gonna add it we were actually we're doing it for um on two consecutive weekends two consecutive sundays where we've just had war room heavy so um yeah this was our you know, going back to the happy place. Thank you so much for joining us. And as uh, always, you can't stop the. Yeah, you can't stop the signal. Thank you guys. See ya.